0: like oh no i don't oh, know hmm.
1: yeah i'm doing my mcconaughey we're talking about mayonnaise that's been expired for seven months audience weigh in and tell us what do you think will still thinks it's good to go
0: no i just it's not my, also it's not mine so i felt no responsibility for it so you know you know i i look after my own condiment babies in the in the fridge
1: but you have no problem just leaving a fallen soldier in there. It's like having a decaying corpse next to your buddies in the trenches, and you're just fine with
0: that. There's so much fucking preserv- preservative in, in that kind of nonsense. Like, it's shelf-stable, unrefrigerated, for years. But not
1: once it's opened and then refrigerated. Doesn't that destabilize its shelf stability?
0: Yeah, but, like, what kept it stable on a shelf for so long? It's got some. It's got some witchcraft in it. We can't have another food episode, though.
1: No, that's true. We can't.
0: This is this is after show talk.
1: Oh, okay. We can do a food after show, but <laughs> not a food real show. We can't do food,
0: too. Well,
1: we could. We could do food every time, I think. No. Honestly, we could.
0: Eh, not really. No? Mm, that I, feels like a lie coming from you. I mean, I love eating shit, but I also don't, like, you know, get to go out in the town and try new things and, you know...
1: Right, we have nothing to review, really. No. No. I had some good oysters over the weekend, though, I will say that. Those looked delicious. Yeah, they yeah. were amazing, and they were large, Rhode Island farmed.
0: Oh, they weren't, like, completely wild-caught, delicious.
1: I think that five of them, I got a five-by-five, five, they call it. Yeah, I was like, why is it not a dozen? Um, five of them were wild-caught from a certain harbor, and then five of them were from an oyster farm, but in Rhode Island, that means, like,
0: p- pretty I mean, much wild. It also just means, yeah, Where's the farm? It's the ocean around the island, right? Yeah.
1: It's just like a spot in the ocean that they cultivate. That's not really... A uh... lot of people grow oysters. I did a little looking into it after the fact. Okay. Oyster farming's pretty common. Huh. I mean, it How, doesn't... Like
0: common to Rhode Island? Uh, just common in
1: general. I think a lot of the oysters you get, even really good ones, are technically farmed. Oh. Because all an oyster farm is is like the right style of mud on the ground. Oh. And once you get the oysters going, apparently it's pretty easy to cultivate them continuously. So
0: you just build them a sandbox and they appear? Yeah.
1: And then no. you just dig them out. It's not like you're, you don't need to set aside, I don't know, an open patch of ocean or something. They don't have like a long maturity rate. It's not difficult to make them grow. Oh, New York Harbor used to be one of the biggest oy- uh, oyster production yeah. sites in the That's world. That's why they were cheap. Yeah.
0: It's in, that's why it's in the lifeblood of the city. Like, oh, you're waiting in Grand Central? Okay, let's just go slam half a dozen oysters before we go on the uh, train ride home.
1: Yeah, much like lobster, it used to be peasant food, too. It was considered cheap and gross. It was like a penny. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, someone should bring back penny oysters and really fuck up their entire business model.
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's a losing bet. The oysters I got were very expensive,
0: frankly. Well,
1: I mean, they were normal priced, but two fifty per
0: that's still that's still it's decent
1: yeah it's but, not four you know you start to run into money at a certain point because oysters is a nice snack. snack but uh when you're looking for a whole meal
0: well it's not a whole meal
1: no it's not but we got a scallop crudo also which was quite good i'd never had that before raw scallops yeah in olive oil yeah with radishes on it uh-huh. it was great crunchy it rem- uh in, in endive well the radishes are crunchy the scallop is like sashimi. It's delicious. It's got some
0: like butter, but it's got some, uh, got some tooth on it.
1: No, I think you're thinking of cooked scallops. That's what's different about it. I've only ever had scallops cooked in the past.
0: Scallops cooked are buttery.
1: Yes. Scallops uncooked are extra buttery. Really? Yeah. It was like huh. eating fatty tuna, kind of. That's, what, that's the best mouthfeel
0: analogy I can think of. Interesting.
1: Yeah. It was quite good.
0: They, they, they harden as you cook them. A little bit. They, all, I guess that's all meat.
1: I don't want to call them rubbery, but they get a little more. I don't know. They get a little more tooth to them, like toothsome. Yeah. Oh
0: hmm. Okay. So how was your how was your journey? You went oh. on a journey to to the beaches.
1: Yeah, it was great. Other than the traffic, man, New England traffic on a weekend. I left on a Friday night and came back on a Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, you experienced the hell that is 95 North and South. It
1: is really, really, really bad. It was ass-to-ass traffic from here to Hartford. Mm-hmm. And then I had a small stretch where there was no traffic. And then as soon as I got into Rhode Island, there was traffic again. Uh-huh. It took like four and a half hours. Uh-huh. I know that's a boring thing to talk about, but it really should only take like three hours.
0: That's normal. On an
1: open day, it wouldn't take
0: very long. mm. Mm.
1: But so, I don't know. That was my one observation about the transpo was like, I don't know if I'm going to make a habit of this. Because it was a lot more sitting in traffic than I would have preferred. It wasn't like a fun drive, you know? And then when you're over the four-hour mark on a day trip, now it's long. Yeah. Under four is not so bad. Over four, especially by yourself, is a little tedious. It's
0: a bit much. I mean, this is why... I mean, granted, this is not a great idea, but people will fly out of... um newark into boston and then take a bus and then a cab to p-town because they don't want to sit in traffic and i'm like that's so much more work
1: well isn't the bus gonna sit you in traffic anyway
0: not from boston not going down from boston oh i guess a lot less okay yeah yeah
1: yeah i don't know i mean when i've taken the bus in the past it was never that bad but it's because i sort of got there in the middle of the night
0: yeah. If well, I was
1: smart, the night I left, I would have just waited to leave. I left at four thirty. Yeah, give it like six or seven. I should have waited till six or seven, and I would have got there around the same time anyway.
0: Yeah. You know. Did you stop at Pepe's on the way back on the way? No, train?
1: I I did think about it. If there wasn't so much traffic, I totally would have because I needed to eat on the way out there. But by the time I got to New Haven, I'd already been in the car for like two and a half hours. Oh. And I yeah. was like, I'm not. know, yeah, I'm not doing this. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Speaking of more food things, I guess we are going to do at least a food intro here. Uh, Trevor, when I got there, made me a delicious recipe that he later sent me that you would appreciate too. A very simple udon, cabbage, and pork stir fry.
0: Yeah, you take the things,
1: you stir fry them. It's very basic, but it was so good. Sesame oil, you know, some hot red pepper flakes. Uh It was quite delicious. Yeah. So I had that when I got there, which was fantastic. I had oysters the next day. And also... I got my favorite treat, which is smoked bluefish.
0: What the fuck is a bluefish? I haven't told
1: you about this before. It's a whitefish. Uh, I don't. The like breed is blue. No, it's not a bluegill. It's called a bluefish. Huh. But it's a smoked whitefish that is like meaty, like salmon. It has the same texture uh-huh. as like cooked salmon, but a whitefish flavor. And then add the smokiness of like pastrami locks on top of that. Ooh. Very, very fucking good. We got a pound of that and i forgot to bring it home with me unfortunately but i ate about half of it there oh so well. i got my 20 dollars worth
0: jesus christ it's
1: expensive yeah damn i was psyched to get God. it because uh i'd only had it one other time and it just comes from this little shack that's like on the side of the road in rhode island called zeke's huh highly recommend zeke's by the way huh i couldn't tell you how to get there but shack on the side of the if road if you're any- anywhere near jamestown rhode island it's there somewhere um it only comes from this little shack, and they only get a certain amount per day from their supplier. So oh. it usually sells out by like middle afternoon. Yeah. But Trevor and I got up early enough that we got there at like 11 and got to get a whole pound of it. So that was Are you sure, like, quite a treat.
0: Something like Acme doesn't have it, or um, what's that other seafood thing that they were offering direct-to-consumer during COVIDina time?
1: I highly doubt it. I think it's a Rhode Island-specific thing. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's impossible that you could find it other places, but this is not like an on-menu item anywhere else I've ever seen. I think this is a local Rhode Island thing, like that, specialty that the tree. like local fishermen do. It's not mass market. I don't think there's any such thing as distributors that would have this.
0: I. This is why we need a Dean Deluca back again. Mm-hmm. They'd have it.
1: Maybe they would. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't remember the details now. I remember Trev- talking to Trevor about it one time in the past that cuz you know he fishes sometimes he's he's an angler. Okay, what um, is with
0: these like middle 30s men going off to fish in rivers? Everyone wants to be like go back to go back to nature.
1: Yeah, I don't know. For for a man it's a nice activity, you know. You don't have to talk to your friends if you go with them while you do it. You can also do it alone. It's nerdy enough that there's little details to get into like different types of lure and weights of line and things like that. And then it also requires no labor once you're there you know i guess
0: that's true but it requires cosplay you gotta buy waiters and like plaid
1: i mean you're thinking too much about the fashion of it you don't have to do those things you're talking about gay fishing
0: right waiters now. i mean yeah if you go topless underneath the waiters but like you <laughs> know like that's that'd be a little clammy um pun <laughs> thank you for pointing that out <laughs> i didn't know that i did it until afterwards <laughs> and i was like i did jokey um yeah I don't know yeah the like return to nature I'm like, you know you don't you just don't like nature I that's why you don't understand ha- I it. hate nature.
1: It's a nice thing, it's a nice thing to just go walk out to a nice, beautiful vista and spend a little time there, and that's all that fishing is really
0: i mean i I fish for sun rays on the beach, I'm more of like you know a seal.
1: Yeah, but, you know, beaches are sort of a nice experience, but they're not really that nice of a landscape, you know?
0: Oh, I love it. I love horizontal lines.
1: They're more similar to a desert than anything else. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't know. Fishing in, like, a little cove is a little more exciting, you know? There's trees around. It's probably a rocky outcropping, you know? I don't know. Those are also beaches. Or you wade into a river. It just depends. Uh, Rivers are gross. It's different, you know? It's a different thing.
0: Rivers have mosquitoes. But, yeah, men like fishing. I I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry it offends you so. No, it's just very confusing because that's not the only, you know.
1: It makes sense to me. It's a good activity as you slow down as you age because it's, you know, it's not very intense. Like, you can just do it whenever you want. It's relaxing.
0: This is why people bowl when they turn 50. They're like, is, that's not eh, as much activity. You know,
1: you got to go into a nasty place. You have to be around other people. The solitude of fishing, I think, is what is appealing about it.
0: Mm. Because like you don't want to talk to disturb the fishies? Is that part of it?
1: I think that's part of it. But again, also, you can just mostly go alone. I think oh, a lot okay. of people that fish just go by themselves. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, all I was saying about that was I remember talking to Trevor one time about the bluefish thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it's popular in Rhode Island is that there's a lot of limits on what you can take away when you go fishing and what you have oh. to throw back. And bluefish are unlimited takeaway there. Oh. So it's like easy for people to catch it and shit, and then smoke it.
0: But then why why wouldn't it be more at a why ugh, why would it not be more readily available? I don't know if it's in you know if it's.
1: I, I just don't think there's a national demand for it. Is what I'm saying. I think it's oh. pretty available in Rhode Island because it's common there, but I'm not sure like people in Maine are clamoring, clamoring for, for this particular whitefish because it's pretty generic at the end of the day it's very good smoked and i'm sure it would be good over a grill or whatever but if you just had grilled bluefish you wouldn't really know the difference between that and like a nice trout or something
0: but like wouldn't you rather have that than like flown in weird questionable tilapia you know
1: oh absolutely yeah
0: so like you know um you know we have this thing off the coast of rhode island you can overcharge for it like this is a classic american opportunist opportunistic moment not being taken shocking but also on the east coast with the fishing there's also that kind of like well we don't do that yeah yeah the
1: fishermen i don't know the rhode island people are weird in general they're very sort of secretive and proprietary about their state and for good reason because it's a nice place and it is not overwhelmed with people from outside the state yeah and i think they try to keep it that way parts most of it i mean it's a
0: small state you know i guess i guess Gaze to sun like furies on them
1: yeah yeah well, they all got COVID the And last Block time, Island, so.
0: Isn't Block Island off of Rhode Island? I'm not sure. Mm. I don't know I don't where know. it is.
1: But anyway, yeah, I think they try to keep their scene pretty small there. But the other thing is maybe the bluefish are very common in Rhode Island, but they might not be very commercially viable in that you can't go cast a net and ca- and catch a bunch of them. You still need to be an individual fisherman with a pole to get them. So you're not going to be able to scale oh, that. You can't up like very get a easily. school of bluefish. No, you could turn that into
0: a luxury good though, which uh-huh. I think is what you're getting. At, yeah, and they should do that. L- but what? Are the- Hold on, let's see. Bluefish. Okay, bluefish grills. I mean, it's oh, uh, it's kind of an ugly fish. Let me see it. I don't remember
1: what it looks like. It's got a frown. Oh yeah, I mean all fish look like that. It's very generic. No,
0: look. some of them look a little like it doesn't look like a bass.
1: No. No, it doesn't have the big it's got, lips.
0: It's got the it's got the frown. Yeah. Which, you know, you could turn that into a thing. Like the um the grumpy the grumpy gill. The grumpy gills. Grumpy gills. Smoked bluefish. That sounds like a dive bar. Grumpy Grumpy Gill. Grumpy Gills. If that yeah. if it had one L, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But two L two L's. Right. Grumpy Gills. The smoked bluefish company.
1: All right. Well, hey, it, this is America, man. You could be this. I need to find. I need this to could find be these your fishermen. dream. You could sell it in Provincetown. You know.
0: No, you can sell it anywhere. Yeah. You bring it to New York, you overcharge for it. It's twenty dollars a pound in a shack. Yeah. Double double. Yeah, trouble. that's
1: true. You could sell the smoked stuff for forty dollars a pound, and people would for people sure. People would go. It. Give me, give me, give me, give me. It's also, I just can't stress enough how incredibly delicious it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because if it's toast, if it's delicious, you can be like, I'm, I put it on toast. And people will be like, oh my fucking God. Ooh, yeah. Put it on a bagel sandwich. That would be so good. No, like a sourdough toast.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You could fancy it up a the little bit The new lobster just roll is
0: bluefish on a, on a mm. thick. A thick toast.
1: Yeah. Uh, the oyster stand that we went to, we originally went there for lobster rolls, but they sold out of them before I we like got there. Fuck
0: lobster rolls. You know, my, you know my stance on
1: lobster yeah. rolls. Yeah. All right. Fine. We don't need to talk about it I anymore. I hate them so much. You just hate the price point. You love them. You no, would, I don't. You would shove them in your face every chance you got if they didn't cost <sighs> as much, and everyone knows it. No. Don't pretend like that's not true.
0: It should be a treat. And when there's too many of them and they're mostly bad, it's not a treat anymore. It's a scourge. Okay. All right.
1: We've been over this. Yes.
0: My position has not changed. I do not like them that much, but when they are available, they should be delicious. All right. So, anyway, we were talking about Rhode Island. Yeah, so other than the traffic and Um, snacks, it was a
1: great trip. I mean, I did everything I like to do in my little New England zone, which is Mm -hmm. go to a rocky beach and lay out. We saw a seal. It was swimming around. It didn't come up on the rocks, unfortunately. Yeah, they're shy. But it was out there catching fish. We saw a couple people. alongside the seal spear fishing. You know, By there's the... sailboats mm-hmm. all over the place. It's just a nice it's just a nice place to be. Yeah. Um so we did that, got the oysters. Other than that, I just hung out, you know. It was nice. We watched a movie. I watched that Bob Odenkirk movie Nobody, where Bob Odenkirk is John Wick. What? You never saw the trailers for this?
0: Bob Odenkirk What?
1: Yeah, Bob Odenkirk starred in a movie called Nobody mm-hmm. where he's apparently living like a typical suburban dad life mm-hmm. and then his house gets home invaded and it turns out he's an ex-CIA agent so he takes a John Wick style revenge and kills a bunch of rough Russian mafioso. so when I say it's John Wick it's literally exactly John Wick but the inciting incident instead of a dog is a home invasion of a suburban house
0: but but Bob Odenkirk is not as spry as uh
1: Keanu yeah uh, you know, I don't know if he was doing his own stunts. Probably not. Probably not. But he looked pretty good in the role, and and he played it okay. I mean, I thought the movie was a solid C plus. You know, oh. it was like an entertaining watch, but it was just the same exact movie that I've already seen
0: before, done a cooler way. So, cooler and older. I guess they're the same age.
1: Yeah, they're probably about the same age, man. It's not, you know. Well, Keanu didn't just have a heart attack. No, that's true. Yeah. So R. I. P. to Bob.
0: He's still alive.
1: Good God. <laughs> well he could die any day now. I'm just no, doing it for No, he seems fine. Green and Lewis podcast wishes that Bob Odenkirk. No, would die. no, you're gonna if make if this is ever played in a courtroom, I want it to be clear. You're gonna that make I'm making so mad a direct oh, threat on the life of William Odenkirk. What? <laughs> that must be his name. Bob? Everybody calls him Bob, but it's probably William.
0: It'd be Robert, you dumbass. What?
1: Oh that's true, Bill. I was thinking of Bill. <laughs>
0: Sorry. The (laughs) fuck. Like, I was like, "Why is my name now?" No, that's absolutely not correct. Well, that's
1: good if they ever play it back in the courtroom, then they can't hold it against me. I was wishing for the death of someone completely unrelated. Yeah, his cousin to the actor on Breaking Bad. Yeah.
0: Oh God, maybe William H Macy.
1: I like William H Macy. I used to watch Jurassic Park 3 all the time. The worst one. Back in the days of DVDs. It was one of the only DVDs I had. That's so depressing. So I would have Jurassic Park that's 3. So depressing. And William H. Macy plays a divorcee that runs a tile store in that movie.
0: We talked about this on a very Did early Did we episode. really? Yes, oh, wow. Had to have.
1: Yeah, we must have. I used to leave that DVD menu going while
0: I was on drugs. Yep. This, we talk, that, that's okay. what, yeah. Okay, all right. So so we're we're we, pa-
1: we've covered everything. We might as
0: well not do <laughs> no. that we just you have to like suppress the like you know nostalgia trips in your brain to just go did we already cuz i i was listening to a podcast earlier really today that i was like you guys already talked about that you already did that any podcast that's bit.
1: been around longer than 2 years which we have is yeah believe it or not mm. we just crossed that rubicon 2019
0: july mm. i don't think 2020 counts i'm going to say 2020 in general, doesn't count towards uh, uh, longevity of things. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. It, it definitely counts, especially for us. I think 2020 was an incredibly productive year for Green and Lewis. Some of our best work was created during that time. How dare you write it off and I say don't it know. doesn't count?
0: I don't know. I
1: don't know how time works. Anyway, I was making a point. Yeah.
0: Which was that, that any on... podcast
1: that's been around for longer than two years is going to start telling the same stories. And everybody knows that. At this point, you know, people that are hanging on are just hanging out for the parasocial relationship they have with us. You know, it's just the hanging out that they're doing vicariously.
0: They Sorry. don't care if we talk about the same shit over and That's over. That's true. I mean, we can talk about the text message I just got from J.D. Vance fighting for the forgotten, the left is Ameri- leaving the American people behind. Uh, the childless left. Protect Ohio values? Is he running for something in he Ohio? He is. He's running for Senate
1: in Ohio. Yeah.
0: Why do I keep getting fucking texts? <laughs> I like. I think Dennis who who had this phone. R.I.P. For real. He better be fucking dead. Um, I think he was a little bit on the uh, Republican side. Because he is, used to get texts from Donald Trump too. Yes, and I neg- yeah. I think this is why when it goes to when you look up my uh, information online it's like registered republican and i go what the fuck are you talking about i think cuz dennis fucked me up dennis from lakewood haunting my ass
1: i think you're right yeah it's associated with your phone number oh, yes oh bitch god damn it you're so lucky i wish i got texts from jd vance i should just sign up for his mail- mailing lists all mm-hmm. all mine are from ineffectual leftists
0: you know <laughs> i want
1: the cool hard right wingers
0: now well i get texts also from the city that are like you wanna you wanna you want a booster shot? And I'm like, already?
1: From the city of Cleveland? No, New York. Oh, from New York. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah I just saw today that they're recommending you get a booster shot after eight months. Guess what I will not be bum, doing.
0: Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I'm not waiting in line for a shot. No, this is not going to be a fixture of my life. I'm sorry. We're L- done. Let me tell you a story about my day-to-day, just as a, a quick aside about healthcare. Keep talking. I'm going to go get the wine, but I can hear you. Okay. Does your, oh yeah, you can hear through your actual ears, not the headphones. So I, you know, I was on like a medical journey because I was, I did the thing where I, for like two weeks, I think I pretty much worked myself to, to death. Like, and was like, Ooh, I'm feeling like I got to the point of dehydration and was like, Ooh, something is not right in my body. And I maybe gave myself a UTI or maybe I got a, st- a I don't know. So I just wanted to find out. I was like, I need to find somewhere to pee in a cup. Okay?
1: I don't mean to get uh, TMI here, but you were having like urinary
0: problems that were apparent to you? Drip drip. Oh, no. Okay. But not enough to be like, oh, God, this is a problem. Yeah. So like if I was hydrated, not so much. Unhydrated, ooh, we have problems. So I was like, we have some issues. Um. So I was like, I think this might just be a stress Slash no water consumption situation because there was like two days where I just had coffee, green juice, coffee, wine. Oh, like I was, I was doing bad things to my body. I genuinely feel really bad for you if you're getting to the age
1: where poor choices combined with stress can have like bodily issues.
0: In that sense,
1: it's genetic. Like I get skin problems and shit, but man, if it
0: was like a little discharge, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not great. Yeah um and again i know what the other one is so i was like it's not that we're not there yet so i don't know um i drove around to four different city mds tried to go to another one yesterday lines for 40 minutes i left i left the one after standing 40 minutes yesterday drive to one in uh bushwick it's sketchy as fuck there's just this dude who's stoned out of his mind just standing outside of it just staring because you have to wait outside of them drive to williamsburg because i was like well at least if i have to wait or i have to walk around i'm in williamsburg i can do a little shoppy shoppy yeah um front desk attendant jumps out after 20 minutes there's a medical emergency inside so we don't know how long it's gonna take so you guys gotta go and i'm like okay so continue on to the next one uh in by food bazaar there's like a fake city md All right. So that's a four hour wait period. So you got to sign up online. I'm like, okay, because everyone's freaking out and getting COVID tests or returning to work. So they need COVID tests to go to their offices and all this bullshit. And I'm like, I just need to pee in a cup. Like, what are we doing here? Drive to Maspeth. Okay, so there's a four hour wait. I'm like, for what? Where are the people waiting? I see no people. There's six people in this waiting room. Wow. Well, if the wait's truly that
1: long, they must just be doing it. All by phone, and you get a text and you show up when your appointment is.
0: You cannot do this online. You cannot sign wow. up for it online. So you just have to go to the place, submit to the wait, and then drive around and hate come your back life. Yeah. You know, oh my God. That so sucks. I gave up. Um, I was like, I'll just hydrate. And do you think your problem's been solved? It's probably really going to be okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I just want to know. Well, damn,
1: dude, that's really crazy to hear. You really think it's all people doing COVID-related things? Because they ha-
0: people are having to go back to the office in September. Right. In order to go back, they're going to have to have PCR tests, which are two to three weeks, to, or no, three to five weeks out.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: So. Well, can't you just get the
1: vaccine and then you don't have to do the test? Uh-huh. But you're saying that all of these people in your estimation are people that don't want to get the vax, so they're going to submit to
0: this every week? Or, the, or offices are doing the thing where you have to sh- do both. Because of Delta, that's crazy. That's insane. Which at that point, just let the people work from fucking yeah. Home. Just let the people work
1: from home. I don't know. I don't know where I work is doing one or the other. You know, yeah. which it seems the easier for the business too. I don't know.
0: It also, if you're going to let people back to the office, what do you care about their health? You obviously don't care. Also, you want how many people do you want to cram in an office where this is going to be a problem? A lot. You know, which is gross. Yeah. Like you know, like. And it's just like it's getting in the way of people like little old me who are like, I've made some choices in my life that are not good. This is what medicine is for. Come on. I'm supposed to be able <laughs> to walk into an urgent care and be like, problems. And they go, Okay, no wait. Come 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 to Papa. And they go, It's one or the other. And I go, Okay, let's find out which one.
1: Oh man. It's gonna be like that for a good long time. It's too. gonna
0: be like two weeks of the shit.
1: I think more.
0: Well I, I, I don't know. The th- COVID
1: yeah. stuff's kind of an old horse too, but like who knows, man, with the implementation of all the mandate stuff, this is going to go on
0: for a while. Well, because people also, like like myself, do not have primary care providers. No, yeah, neither do I. I don't know how... Again, we've we failed as adults. We don't know how to get them. I don't think it's really our fault, but okay. I mean, it is because we should just go online and do it. But, well, it's yeah, so annoying. I mean, you You could...
1: You could do that, but who's to say that your insurance won't drop your primary care provider the next year when it, re- when your business renegotiates the contract, which happens all the time. Oh, and then
0: you got to go shopping for another yeah, one. Yeah, and then hmm. you
1: have to get another one. Or if you're like me and you've had on and off health insurance your entire fucking life, mm. the only time I ever had consistent health insurance was when I was a kid and I was under my parents. Ever since I've gotten off of my dad's health insurance plan, I've been on and off health insurance alternately for 10 years. Oh, yeah. It's well. like, I don't think that's really on me to not have a primary care provider Fair. at that point. Yeah. Fair. Um. So anyway, yeah. But no, I'm sympathetic to you. That really sucks. Like... You so know, I just recently got back on health insurance. I think I mentioned that before. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to like go to the doctor, get a checkup and like go to the dermatologist and shit, but not if this is going on fuck that. Well,
0: don't go to don't go to urgent care. So like what I I did some looking up and Cal and Lord opened up a a thing in Brooklyn. I was like, "Oh, okay. So maybe I'll do that." But like that's so much focused on like under underinsured, non-insured. It's, you know, it's for everybody, but like it's for you know, poor gays and poor you know like and i'm like do i i kind of feel guilty but like you guys kind of know what you're doing so like i don't know
1: oh i was gonna let it totally pass by that i didn't know this reference but that's what that is cal and lord there's one in chelsea it, it was gay uh, by and four gays yeah. for health insurance yeah interesting is it like an old thing from the 80s account like, like the, the one HIV in chelsea times? yeah uh, but they expanded since then yeah
0: Oh, okay. I was like, I oh. mean, I feel like you should do that. That's fair. Like, I'll pay full price. Like, I'll, here, shit. You want a donation? I don't fucking. Know. I don't think Still, it,
1: however much you want to insurance. I don't care. I also don't think having insurance makes you should make you feel any guilt about going to a place like that. Yeah, but it does. It shouldn't. Don't have, worry. Have about you
0: met it. me? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm like, who's this for? Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> like on the like, do you want to be a patient? It's like, how many drugs do you use? And I'm like, none. Whoa, whoa.
1: What's hilarious about that is, like, they're not going to believe you. That always happens to me oh. when I'm asked that question at the doctor. I remember this distinctly from when I was a teenager. Before I had ever smoked weed, I went to my doctor, who at that point was my primary care physician. He later killed himself, weirdly. Well. He also drove a yellow Lamborghini. The dude was a character. He, was he smoked cigarettes. He was gay. He was in deep debt. He was, he was in a bad way. Um, But uh, anyway Doctors who smoke in the 90s? Yeah Gay doctor who smoked with the Lambo and later Vic sued um, Whoa He killed
0: people and did the
1: Nah, victory suicide like in a video game okay, well. I guess that does imply that you did kill other people um, yeah, Who knows? Yeah, okay, no well. one ever told me But anyway, this guy asked me <laughs> if I had ever smoked weed and i really if he wasn't dead i would have been like you have his number <laughs> <laughs> He did seem pretty cool maybe you could have rescued him from his terrible depression probably living in suburban ohio he didn't have a
0: lot of uh, gay men to
1: commiserate no, with
0: no he and he chose a yellow lamborghini which is like
1: no yeah i don't he was an, he, maybe he was an early adopter of cryptocurrency
0: anyway they didn't have that in the <laughs> 90s
1: <laughs> anyway this guy asked me if i ever smoked weed and i really truly hadn't mm-hmm. and i was like no i've never smoked it and he was like you've never smoked weed and I was like no and he was like I'm gonna put you down for a couple times a month (laughs) and I was like I really haven't and he was like sure he's like I'm not telling your parents like don't worry about it and I was like but I really haven't And he's like no come on
0: wow there was some projecting (laughs) going on there yeah Yeah. that's some hardcore projecting yeah Uh, but sure enough not long after he was right he was just like I'm gonna i'm gonna peg you as uh give it a couple months and uh that's what it's gonna be yeah yeah and you're like you hmm, figured it out you cracked the code mm-hmm. oh sorry very itchy um yeah so that that's the state of healthcare in new york it's trash of uh non-centralized healthcare
1: yeah man i'm really not looking forward to more people going back to the office i can already tell on the trains in the morning that that's happening and it's really pissing me off but
0: how because i drove all over god's green boroughs one one, one and a half and there were just people wandering the streets just lackadaisically like fully not working maybe like in between their work from home job but obviously gave up working at like one o'clock and i'm like what the fuck is going on here on this day what aren't you all supposed to be inside like what huh what it's confusing
1: i don't know it's not that confusing it's summer in the city and you got to imagine that a lot of people are going to still be able to work from home there's plenty of people that aren't going back it's just a noticeable uptick yeah but that's all and i think the confusion around the mandates the vaccine mandates is really spurring this along oh because it's making employers do illogical shit like requiring tests and the vaccine you know
0: Which is the dumbest shit. That's the dumbest idea. I mean, you're going to have to require
1: tests every week for everybody if that's your policy. Because otherwise it makes no sense to do it once.
0: But also, how are you going to enforce that? You know, you don't
1: submit your test every week. You don't have a job anymore. That's a pretty good disciplinary (sighs) mechanism.
0: But like uh, with three week delay on tests, like what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, you're not going to fire a huge percentage of your workforce. I don't know what they're going to do. That's what I'm getting at. It makes no sense. It's just a clusterfuck as usual. That's
0: a thing with like, oh, that I think started this weekend. Like, if you want to go eat indoors, you have to show either the card or a proof of negative in for the past 48 hours. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait.
1: Literally impossible to do.
0: Well, you'd have to get a rapid one. Yeah, which I don't think are free.
1: No, probably not.
0: I don't know. Well, but some employers will only take the PCR. It's a mess. Everything is a mess. Yeah, it's a mess.
1: Museums are requiring now that you have to be vaccinated. What? Yeah. Who? All of them. What? Yeah, I just read that today in the Times. The museums and the de Blasio administration got together and were like, yeah, we're going to require vaccine status because they can integrate it into their existing ticketing systems pretty easily. How? What? What? That was the that was the logic, as it was explained in the article, that the museums agreed to this and that it wasn't a big deal for them because they already are doing like some of them are doing temperature checks like at the Met, those things like they already have in place a protocol. Mm-hmm. So it's not difficult to add a vaccine requirement and maybe forego some of the other stuff. I don't know.
0: But if I still have to wear a mask inside.
1: Which you are going to have to do. Why? Again, here we go. Yeah. Why? I don't know.
0: You already told me that this is a vaxxed and relaxed playground. Can I just whip this off? Because it's very hot in here.
1: Nope. That's the never met, going to The wet. Met
0: is poorly air conditioned.
1: hmm I know.
0: I can't live that way.
1: Uh, look, I don't want to get into it again because we spent a lot of air, air talking about this already. Right. I think it's pretty clear that...
0: We can get into this then because this is, this is true. You want to see some some gray lady done fucked up shit? Sure. Um.
1: Is it about Afghanistan?
0: No, we're not. Okay. I, I don't know enough and I... Whatever say goodbye i was only
1: guessing that because there's been a lot of really bad articles across publications about that yeah that's why i'm like
0: i don't know uh critics notebook new york times can we ever look at titian's paintings the same way again great is what this art is yet it raises doubts whether any art however great can be considered exempt from moral scrutiny
1: is this about how the paintings are like the rape of the sabian women or whatever and you're not allowed to show that anymore i guess i don't know or you're not allowed to title it that way
0: well, it was just like, are we canceling Titian? Man's been dead for 400 years. Yes, I think they are attempting to do that. Well, it's Holland Cotter, so I don't think he was. But he was just like, well, now we have to look at it from the lens of like, wow, this was really aggressive. And I'm like, okay. And it was, you know, who it was commissioned by was like, it was like a, a show of power. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what you did back in the day. What the fuck? Yeah, I am, I am
1: alarmed and upset and slash think it's completely retarded that you would ever look at art through a moral lens. People that do that are idiots.
0: Also, it's so old. Who cares? Especially, especially historical art.
1: I mean, you cannot apply your contemporary morality to really anybody in the past. You can never do that. People had like different consciousnesses than we do. They had completely different worldviews. Also, it's a myth. Yes. It's a painting of a myth. Well, and it might, and you know, whether or not the the event was actual or mythical, I think what, you know, what that author or what people that are receptive to articles like that would maybe claim is that you should
0: never represent uh, sexual violence in art. But that that also was just like, you know, back in the day, that was like, raping and pillaging wasn't necessarily like, you know, capital R, it would just be like, we're stealing your women, we're probably going to do stuff to them, but we're mostly just... Destroying your ability to reproduce and we're going to kill all the menfolk. You know, like...
1: Well, yes. I mean, that stuff actually happened and it was considered a norm. That's not to say that it was ever ethical. No. But it wasn't considered unusual. That was wartime. And it wasn't considered a breach of protocol. Well, that was battle stuff. And frankly, things like that still happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. frankly, like in Afghanistan, people are making a big deal about the, uh, the Afghan government officials, meaning our guys that were raping boys you know well that the u.s military and and, you know every presidential administration that oversaw it knew about and sanctioned and let them do great i mean we so this kind of stuff still happens i mean that was
0: all vietnam too so like you know sure my massacre whatever power does terrible things um well, but, but to back to the question of art, the idea like that dep- you can't represent or grapple with that in a painting is insane. I was like, I was just going to say depiction should not be off the table, especially in 1400. Of course not. When was Titian painting? 1500? 1400? 15. Probably 1500s. I don't know exactly. I don't fucking know. Love my MFA. So good. So good with information. Um, But like, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, what the fuck is, Why? And then we we can now turn the page away from this, which I do want to see the show. It's at um, it's at the Isabel Stewart.
1: Well, wait a minute! D- don't turn the, don't turn the page so quickly. We don't need to rush through this because we got we got time to kill on the podcast.
0: Well, I got a, I got another one about a kind of re reading of antiquity. Okay. So then we can have the greater greater circle conversation. Uh, so you know Madonna the long neck right, Parmigianino. Yes. This painting by Parmigianino is weird, contrived, and full of miscalled fi- figures. If you want to describe Madonna in a contemporary, would say, contemporary way, you, uh, contemporary way, you could say that this painting is extra. The elongated neck and fingers of blah blah blah. blah. Putting things aside, oh, going over the top. I'm like, why? Why are we calling things? Why are we using slang things? We know what it is, it's man- Why are we taking the old things and then going? Let's make it cool and hip. Let's have it, you know, re-enter the conversation by having, you know, saying Titian wasn't woke, and that Parmigianino was extra as fuck. Yeah, I mean, look, because t- they're deeply uncool subjects. Like Titian's not the thing that you go, ooh, that's some hot shit to rediscover. Right. Like we know it's they're some of the greatest paintings on the planet. Thank you so much, Parmigianino. Maybe not, as blush, m- but look,
1: as much as I have a problem with like the politics of the first example and the stylization in the second example. I think anybody looking at this would have to concede that this is what always happens, though, is that contemporary people look at art in the past and reinterpret it through their own lens. In one case, they're doing an abject, ahistorical, like, disservice to things. And in the second example, they're just being annoying. They're just making something trendy that's not... I have less of a problem with the uh, uh, second one, just because whatever you're trying to make an article that's like appealing to Zoomers or something—it's never like, going to be. Why?
0: Like you know, like the author is not of that generation, it's some older person than we are. And Helen Cotter is, you know, old as shit. So like he's just being like, well, that's not woke, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: I guess what I'm like, saying is I don't find it that objectionable to try and like dress up the language around a piece of art that you're interested in to try to make it appealing to a different audience. That doesn't really bother me. Uh, it's not yeah. for me. I'm not going to look, you know, at an old
0: master painting and call it extra, but you say that it's base. but they're not, whatever. but they're not, you know, high school art teachers. They're critics. Like, so this, this is this maybe is, the bigger problem. This then. is why I have, you know, bones to pick. Cause I'm like, what are you doing? Are you trying to educate the public on something? Like what did the No, I, you are not an educator. You are a critic. You, you know, I. We know critics can't teach for shit. Most of them.
1: Well, I think when critics are good, or when they were good, uh, they are descriptive. Most of the best critics just are telling you what they see in a painting, in the driest possible terms, for the most part. Uh, literally, I mean, like formal description that can maybe be extrapolated into some further, uh. Point that po- that points towards a truth. Shelley's good at this. only if they're really good. Um, Peter Sheldon's pretty good at it. John Yao's pretty good at it. TJ Clark is really good at it.
0: TJ Clark is the best at it. Yeah, but they also do the thing of like being very good at describing the feelings that the thing that the, the specific thing that they saw made them feel. Yes, so they can locate their feelings very precisely. They can. That's even the Roberta can, is you know is sometimes i would she was less good but where i give her credit is that she just sticks
1: to description for the most part she does not start moralizing about things by and large her descriptors are also like laser focused too yeah sometimes. and i mean she's she's more of a critic in the superficial sense of i went to this show and here's what i thought of it not um i
0: old school like loved it hated it loved it yeah. hated it and you're like okay some honest honesty is always good it's
1: zero or one on the binary for roberta for the most part she doesn't yeah. make larger theoretical points you know
0: i mean she'll slam an entire series of things be like what the fuck is this why is this happening all over the place
1: i guess what i mean is like she's never written a
0: book for example no you don't want her to probably not no that's not what she's for no you want her to look at something and go you know thumbs up side thumb thumb thumbs down yeah she she needs
1: to do the gladiator the communist thing yeah um but anyway the the issue of like critics trying to educate an audience they have no respect for i think that's the critical part it's sort of like the the infographics on instagram using the corporate corporate memphis that just talk down to everyone as if they're babies that need to be spoon-fed hot takes um it's not surprising in any way that art critics do that
0: also but why the dead of summer to be like we want to teach you something it's like did you have to turn in an article this week maybe you could have skipped one
1: well, that's the thing. I mean, they just, they're a content mill. They do have to produce something. And oh, if I they guess. have nothing to talk about, that's what they're going to do. Ugh. But I think it's been trending in this direction for a long time. Like, I don't think, I don't, I think that's why art critics don't have any real cultural power anymore. We've talked about this a lot of times on the podcast over the, over the couple of years. Like, the last time that anybody took critics seriously was like high modernism, like Greenberg. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last like, Great cultural critic was like the guy who wrote page six, Richard, whatever the fuck. I forgot his name. Richard Jenkins. Richard. I don't know what you're talking about. Never. Oh, you don't know about page six? The New York Post's like gossip rag? No. Oh, well, I'll leave it to that. Um but that that was a different era where it was just like see so or be seen and be treated with disdain or you know, even disdain was like you're noticed. But that's not even criticism. It's just like meh. No, that's gossip column. That's a totally different thing. Mm, it's about relevancy.
1: Yeah, but I don't, you
0: know, I don't know. I guess
1: I'm talking, I maybe I'm just old, but like I don't think that that's the number one focus or should be the number one focus of art criticism is relevancy. Who
0: cares? Ooh, well, I think I think that should be an aspect of it, right? Like you should be like, "Ooh, I see why this is happening now. And be able to draw in the world and see how that gets synthesized into things or experiences. I don't think that that's necessarily off the mark. Yeah, but like, how think do, about how do you square that with maybe we're talking about two different
1: things then? Because yeah, how do you square that version of rel- relevancy that you just articulated with basically gossiping about who's being seen at a restaurant? Because those are two different things. I don't think that relevance in a social milieu matters very much at all. Yeah. I think relevance in an aesthetic sense when you're cross-referencing it against prior historical markers, other great artists, well, does make sense.
0: Well, there's big R and little r, you know. Sure, okay. Still the same kind of thing of like a lot of like pop cultural criticism is little r. Yeah. You know, they're still doing the job of critic, but not you know, how we hagi- hagiograph, you know, art critics capital ACs, you know? So like the job of the critic is to be aware and see what, you know, is ruffling feathers in good or, or bad ways and to decide whether it's a good ruffle, bad, r- like a useful ruffle.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, that thing, I think that's a fair enough description. Yeah. But it's interesting to like, to go back to the Titian thing then. It's so weird to decide that something from 500 years ago rust- rustles your feathers now.
0: I think it's I think it's just like how do you write a thing about a show that's not for the New York Times about a show that's really great really small not in New York and tell people you should probably go see this thing if you're if you happen to be in Boston you know like or it's or it's a spurious tourism thing where they're like go take a day trip but that doesn't worked on me. I was like, oh shit, didn't even know. That doesn't that.
1: that doesn't make a lot of sense with the like with tacking on the woke ideology to it.
0: That is weird. Yeah. Because I
1: think that's the greater problem with it. Of course you can like write an article about any show anywhere that you want and try to attract people to go see it. Yeah. Uh, that's not the issue. The <laughs> the issue is that you're laundering contemporary morality onto something from the Renaissance. Yeah.
0: It's weird. Like
1: you know, granted, I haven't read the article, nor probably will I. Oh, like, okay. I mean, the headline—I saw it today, and it, it put me off enough that I was like, "All right, I'm not even gonna like, I'm not even going to dignify this." I did scroll. I didn't even read that hard. But it—it's it, curious because it's like basically a, a critic, even if they're not coming down on one side or the other, musing about the idea of a form of thought censorship. Like, at the end of the day, that's what you're kind of advocating for. Whether whether you're saying it shouldn't be titled The Rape of the Sabian Women, they should change the title, basically, as a trigger warning.
0: Hmm.
1: Or we need when we look at these paintings, we need to uh, reconsider their aesthetic validity because of their subject matter. Like, it's it's a slippery slope. I always invoke the slippery slope argument, but I really mm-hmm. do think it is a slippery slope to a different kind of censorship that says, like, well, then you can't represent... Uh, certain kinds of politics in paintings because they are opposed to the regime. I mean, what's the difference? Hmm. Your regime just happens to be a secular religion, of virtue, rather than a state policy of oppression, right?
0: Here we go. Okay, so do you want two sentences from the thing? Sure. Because the whole review is literally about 13 sentences. Not very long uh the image is powerful but is it beautiful scare quotes it is when you approach it up close which wonderfully you can do as the show is installed by nathaniel silver curator of museum's collection uh titian was one of history's magician paint movers other ones velasquez rubens manet adored him for that standing inches away blah blah blah, dabs blah Uh, really nice nice paint handling bro um but then you step back and get the whole painting, the big picture, and it's a harsh one, a narrative of victimized innocence, but also m-dash, even primarily m-dash of erotic display, detailed in Europa's flailing limbs, the bull in the Jupiter Jupiter uh, in the bull Jupiter's avid eyes, and in the figure of a dolphin riding Puto, who playfully mimics Europa's agonizing pose. Add all to all this the purpose of the cycle's making, for the de- delectation of a world-conquering ruler who spoke of himself in Olympian terms. And you have art with a fair share of unbeautiful features. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. If you think that's any different from now, when you get a Jeff Koons commissioned by oligarchs or whatever the fuck, I don't think the story changes. Here's the thing. No, it doesn't at all. Same fucking story. So why are we going, Titian was problematic? Shut the fuck up. All art is problematic because the... Who can afford the sky-high figures of any sort of historical or auction historical track comes from a terrible place. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you if you're going to judge art by who owns it, then all contemporary art is completely fairboden. But that's the exact same logic that Stalin used. Yeah, well. Against the manufacture of anything except for socialist realism. That it was bourgeois and therefore toxic you know, to society. So if you're going to say that about somebody that collects it, you're right. It doesn't matter whether it's Titian or whether it's somebody collecting Jeff Koons. That's totally true. And then the beginning of that diatribe, when he's describing the aesthetic qualities of the painting, the bull and blah, 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 how beautiful it is, all of that applies to Guernica too. An erotic, violent spectacle... I mean, and you would never tear down that painting because it was an anti-war painting, right? But it has all the same thing. It has rape. It has sexuality. In fact, it's probably based on a Titian or something like it. There's uh, bowls. I mean, it has yeah. things down to the same subject it's matter.
0: Probably closer to the the Poussin. That's at the yeah yeah at the Met with the running figures. That is also a rape painting, right? Um. So.
1: I guess it confounds me because I just don't know what the ultimate point of it is and I don't think that these people ever come out and say what they mean, which is that you should not paint that. That's what's always implied in these
0: writings and thought processes. Next sentence. Increasingly, a lot of older arc. Older art, if it's going to be alive for new audiences, it will need to be presented from these dual perspectives as formerly superlative creations, but also as container difficult, often negative histories. The Gardner understands as evidenced by imprinted text and audio interviews that play 16th century works in the show in the context of current cultural thinking and in contemporary works commissioned for the occasion. Um, here's the thing. Again, that plays 16th century works in the show In the context of current cultural thinking. They're so fucking
1: old. Look, it's a free country. You can do that if you want to. My argument would just be that that doesn't... um, That does not enlighten a, a potential viewer in any meaningful way. It reinforces the dominant ideology of our time. When really... If your interest is in educating people about art, you should contextualize it in the ideology and history of their time first. Of the thing that it
0: was made, yeah.
1: And then perhaps you can apply your own contemporary lens to it. That's what makes looking at old paintings interesting. Yeah. Is that they are old and that you have a different eye than they did back then.
0: Also, most people are coming in hot with their current context of looking at these things. Yeah. What no You know, this is what art history does is go, okay, this thing was painted. Y'all have some thoughts and people are like, oh my God, I can't even. You're like, okay, Bethanel or whatever the fuck your name is. Like, here's what was happening in, you know, 1612.
1: Yeah, it would certainly help if we knew the exact era that we were talking about and we don't.
0: (laughs) What's the 161512? Sure. I don't fucking know. But no, the point stands because
1: it's like, you know, I don't know the particular painting that they're talking about, but in all likelihood, like, look, artists, especially, uh, post enlightenment artists since the Renaissance on were generally liberal and left of center people. So it's not unlikely that a Titian painting like that in the context of like some mercantile war between, you know, the Florentines and the Venetians has anti, uh, Anti-violent sentiments encoded within it that they don't even bother to address at all. It's just that the convention of the time was to make a history painting that portrayed.
0: Uh, they had to sneak in things and criticisms. Yeah. You know, like think about you know the Sistine Chapel and the the one uh, the one Pope getting his dick bit off. Right, the back wall of the Sistine Chapel, especially, is filled with like fuck this
1: place. Is filled with anti-Catholic imagery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, like- but you could,
1: but. By the same token of Holland Cotter here, you could cancel that artwork if you wanted to for graphic depictions of sexual violence. It's all over the place in art i d- well, i don't i don't understand again what is implied here What is the point here, and I think it's actually a really dark point that no one can say out loud
0: or it's just that there is no point into even talk, into even talking about it in this way, which right. makes it you know we're having a kerfuffle over it because it's just like it seems spurious but in actuality we're just like wait did wait was anything actually said there in that criticism of it no just said wow it might be hard to think about it might be might be but if you actually think about it it's really not you're just like oh yeah power can do these things power can make you behave like a crazy person yes we've learned about this this is something that is true now was true then in the making of this this thing and then was also true in the time that the myths that were told that this is based off of that were also another another thousand years later, like this is just this is a concurrent part of human history that comes up again. So it's not problematic and we can't look at Titian as unwoke. Right. We just have to go history be fucked. Dudes be bad uh power can be corrupted and this is what happens. Yeah. So like You don't have to be like, fuck Titian, which it's obviously not that because he's like, Titian's fucking great painter. And we're like, yeah, we know. He's real good at that. He's real good at that. He's also smart as shit. He's, you know, concurrent with Michelangelo, but like, who makes better paintings? I don't know. I would say Titian. Well,
1: whatever. I mean, the point that I would make, I keep saying imply a lot, but I can't get over it. What is so insidious is always the implications of things like this. Why, again, why raise the issue if you're not trying to reinforce a dominant paradigm. And I don't think that these that this particular author or that a lot of the times these content mill creators, it's whether it's Holland art Carter,
0: it's not like some young dumbass, it's Holland Carter. Well,
1: well that that make... now
0: is adopting the mantle of Buzzfeedery. Yes. And you know not what you do.
1: I think he fears for his own career that if he doesn't at least mention yeah. this. Yeah. that he's going to get in trouble
0: why also why not just
1: make you can't write positively about a painting that portrays rape without mentioning that uh this is problematic now
0: but i think like what it's the hesitation to be like hey you know, like, you know, looking at these now might be, like, hashtag trigger warning. But here's the thing. They were hashtag trigger warning then. Here's why. Like, actually making a statement. Yes. These are cautious, timid, kind of like, ooh, we have to think about these things. And you're like, because they depict such awful. And we're like, yeah. Like, the burial at Arl is a terrible thing, too. But are we going to... What, what, what are we doing? What are you doing describing these things? Right. You are doing a disservice to the objects and the presentation of them by not making a statement about them you are tiptoeing around statement making at all you were not doing your job as a critic which is more reprehensible than trying to deal with like the nonsense of like oh are we worried about what can't be shown it's like no because it it clearly can't be shown because it's a traveling show so like fuck off like no one's gonna be like oh my god can't bring that here right but like yeah your timidity is
1: useless absolutely i mean one of the fundamental things you learn in writing essays is have a point of view
0: well that's just also just how to be an interesting person do you have a point of view shit if you don't Mm. well
1: and when it's entirely your job to have a point of view that other people don't have about art that you can
0: demonstrate to them hashtag failing through your writing yeah that's that's the that's the part that's a little more alarming to me as the state of things of like, oh, Parmesanino is extra. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole fucking point. We know. <laughs> we know
1: that was the point. I guess what it, what that brings up to me is like, it sort of begs the question, what good would it do if there were really good art critics right now? I don't think it would matter because I don't think that the content being produced, uh, and I am saying content specifically, yeah. by contemporary artists would really measure up to any Significant scrutiny by a well-trained eye with a good point of view.
0: Well, this this is a good segue. So, you know, Jamie is opening O'Flannery's or Flat, whatever the fuck the bar is in New Brunswick.
1: I know you're about to go there, but I really loved her quote, her poll quote.
0: I haven't seen anything cool in so long, and I was like, absolutely, that's a true. point of view. Yeah. Do I love the business card? I go, wow, you are you get away with so much, and I oh, love it. I mean. Sh-
1: genuinely i mean this in all sincerity but it's all honest so like she's y- a shining light of honesty in in a in a dark time and you can say whatever you want about her work or her projects or whatever but like she hey also man, knows that she's a bullshit she's com- she's c- a completely authentic person though yeah even if it's bullshit it's a very trumpian thing
0: it's gr- yeah that's you know? Fucked up.
1: <laughs> which is very timely though and makes a lot of sense like Looked at one way, it's completely belligerent narcissism, which is not a good sign for society. Yeah. But is the most honest assessment of it I think I've seen outside of people making a lot of money, like Jeff Coons and Damien Hurst? Yeah, I mean, that's the other side of it is the cold, calculated business person.
0: Of the like, I practice and rehearse to do this, and she's like, yeah. "I did not do any of that." Um, also, like the pull quote of like, "Yeah, I, I'm just going to wear fake suits all day and like start being a real boss bitch." And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's a takedown of half the lower east side." Damn. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's good satire, even if it's not trying to be. And and I think it's sort of is and sort of isn't. Yeah, it's I'm, interesting. It's unnameable.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, I'm wondering. Post ironic. Like, uh yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I've talked She's th- like one step away from being the th- the fourth mic on Town. Yeah, yeah. What it, what it is is stobe. That Russian Excuse me? It's that
1: Russian concept that I've uh talked about on here before. Um by Alexei Yurchek. uh everything was forever until it oh, was thing. no more okay. that book. Yeah. Um where people in the late Soviet Union over identified with certain uh, trends and aesthetics to the point where it was not clear whether they were being ironic or sincere, huh. and I think that Prada pantsuit comment is exactly that, and it and it is a really is a really prescient thing for the moment. I don't think I could tell you why. I don't know what that means in a broader sense, but I do know that the things that I like being produced in culture right now all have that quality.
0: Huh. Such as give me a such as other than Come Wizard sixty nine four twenty or Well that, well
1: I was just I was just gonna say, I mean, he's a pretty good example. Uh Cometown itself, that that whole podcast um universe, Red Scare, I mean, it, that is all doing that exact thing.
0: Well, there's also this idea like uh this is also a thing in alt comedy in, in New York right now too, like of like, you know, the worst thing that anyone can do is They're dealing with that thing of, like, the worst thing that anyone can do right now is be earnest. Because there was also a time where, like, radical vulnerability was, like, the name of the game for a certain kind of, like, up-and-comery. That's easy to be co-opted. Because it's just like, oh, you're a genuine person. We can manipulate you because you seem soft in the head.
1: Well, it can slip... Earnestness can slip very easily into naivete. Yeah. And it can also slip very easily into something really insidious which is constantly putting your trauma on display for content for points, yeah um, which is i think what like what a lot of that eventually transitioned into
0: and that's how we got the cut in the way it is today i guess i don't know a lot about you don't the mean, cut but but like you know that yeah that's or that's how you get those like now this videos on on Instagram of like this person found this terrible thing and horrible things happened to her but this is a tale of perseverance and you're like and it just is like a facebook mom post thing yeah yeah it just it just becomes uh not even like an honest story it becomes a like ted talk
1: yeah exactly because When you reveal your trauma enough, you become infallible. You cannot be criticized if something bad happened to you and that is the basis for your point of view.
0: And what a perfect way to make money when you can't be criticized. Exactly. Is, you know, think about the Caroline Calloway's The World, which is irony, poison to hell.
1: Caroline Calloway is another good example of something I really appreciate of some telling that I said something. Didn't
0: start that way, though. It started from, like, radical honesty. And you're like, I think she's always been doing a bit, but. She was, like, trying to hose all the people who were like, yeah, I want to try that. And you're like, you're too dumb for this, so, like, I'm going to take all your money. Um, Which, you know, this... Anyone who's... Any person in the public now who is so deeply uncentered in themselves, I kind of am like, I just... I do feel sorry for you, but I don't have the time for you. Like, I don't know. It's just, like... If you can't get your shit together and at least have a point of view, if you're just like, yeah, let's go to Brad, like, it's the, it's all the back to Brad, anything centrist of like, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about that yet. I don't have a statement. Like, granted, I'm using lady voice, but like, even dudes are like, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, it's really hard. It's complicated. No, no. The world is wildly complicated, but your feelings upon, upon anything are not that complicated. You have an opinion. Maybe you don't. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe people don't.
1: I think a lot of people really don't, whether it's because they're heavily propagandized, whether it's because they're completely checked out, uh, whether it's because they have no investment in any system larger than themselves anymore. I think it makes a lot of sense that people are disoriented right now. I certainly feel that way. I don't think that's really that unusual. I think it's difficult um, to be convicted right now about anything because... Life has never been more difficult
0: in some ways. But doesn't that make, isn't that a little freeing to be like, I don't want to waste my time, like, flim flamming about? Um, I hate flim flamming. You know, it,
1: it, it can be, but it's also overwhelming because what is there to do about it? Like, having the appropriate conviction in any particular, like, argument or situation isn't that useful right now. Eh,
0: didn't say you had you had to be useful about your opinion, but you should maybe have one about something in the world. What like, I'm
1: trying to say is, I understand why you would avoid the temptation to have an opinion or to state it because it doesn't do any good. Like we've talked about this before in reference to things that have happened to me, where it's like you'll get punished for it sometimes. Well, so I get being reticent about it might have been the delivery. <laughs> absolutely it's not it's not that it might be the
0: delivery i'm Gotta not saying i'm not like
1: that. i'm not culpable or that but you can bad things can happen as a result of living your truth you know
0: yeah i mean like yeah well we also see that out in the world you see people... that with people's jobs
1: like the vaccine thing is a good example you know how many unvaccinated people are, have a conviction that they don't want this fucking experimental thing and are at risk of losing their job and have to figure out a way around that yeah. right now yeah you know yeah so there's real shit at stake. When it comes to art, there's not, which makes our prior conversation really frustrating because this should be an area
0: where there's not a lot of stakes and you should you feel should, free at all times to say, I think this is fucking you bullshit. You should be able to like fire cannons off yeah. all the time. Yeah, And yeah, it's the place where no one wants to do it. Everyone's got maybe a water gun in their back pocket and going pew pew. Well, and I personally would feel really different
1: about that Holland Cotter article if it said, like, I think these Titian paintings are awful because they are displays of sexual violence and I don't think you should ever he would never say that he's like that. these are fucking great yeah at the
0: end of the day he's like these are done masterfully and you're like no shit well and I think a lot of people realize that if they
1: were to say what they think they're convicted about they would sound ridiculous
0: I mean we say what we're thinking about all the time and we, and do we sound, sound ridiculous, ridiculous. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for can't wait for end of September give me give me the Give me that JJ oh, and then we're I gonna mean, ha- I can't it's going to be opinions flying left and right. I oh. can't
1: wait to talk about Jasper Johns. That's going to be really exciting. It's going to be
0: a two hour long extravaganza. I'm I can't wait. so
1: psyched about that show. Can't
0: wait. Oh, should we do like dear readers when when JJ happens, you got to go see it. And then we will host a, a long rollicking dis- fight, audio fight over what's good, what's bad, what's what's going on.
1: I mean, I'm just excited to talk about it. I don't think there's going to be anything to fight over. I mean,
0: really I
1: think a two-museum two display of Jasper Johns is, like, w- one of the only nice things that's about to happen for the rest of our lives. <laughs> so, <laughs> God. let's not fight about wow. it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it
0: would be nice to have knocked down. Like, you know, I, I, it's just so sad to, like, you know, like, no one disagrees anymore. Ugh.
1: Well I'll tell you what, I think we should end this episode.
0: You want to talk about disagreements and we can uh, we can under the paywall?
1: We can do some disagreements on the after show and you can listen to them at patreon.com slash green and lewis. Oh yeah, give me money. Give him money. I don't get any money.
0: Bye.